When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Picture an acrobat standing on a tightrope. And the tightrope is our dimension. And our dimension has rules. You can move forwards or backwards. But what if right next to our acrobat, there is a fleet? Now, the fleet can also travel back and forth, just like the acrobat, right? Right. Here's where things get really interesting. The fleet can also travel this way along the side of the rope. He can even go underneath the rope. Upside down. Exactly. Sheriff Hopper breaks into Hawkins' lab and discovers a portal they are hiding within. Security forces quickly subdue and drug him and leave him in his home, where they have installed listening devices to monitor him. Will's funeral comes and goes, but doesn't give Joyce or Jonathan comfort, as they both independently realize there is much more to Will's disappearance than the official quarry cover story. Nancy and Jonathan vow to find Will and Barb or kill the creatures responsible for their disappearance. The boys develop a working theory of Will disappearing through an interdimensional portal and attempt to use compasses to track the magnetic disturbance such a gateway would cause. Eleven, who is terrified of her encounters with the creatures that inhabit the shadowy other dimension, sabotages the boys' efforts. Lucas is furious with Eleven, which causes a rift in their friendship. Nancy and Jonathan venture into the woods where Will disappeared and find a wounded deer that they see drugged deeper into the forest. Nancy discovers a hollow tree that is infested with slime, and crawling through it, discovers the Demogorgon in its natural habitat, as the portal slowly closes behind her. Welcome to Dungeons Demogorgons, the officially unofficial podcast for Stranger Things on Netflix. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we just watched Season 1, Episode 5, titled Chapter 5, The Flea and the Acrobat, which, if you've seen the episode, you now understand the title. Yeah, that's the best illustration Mr. Clark could come up with. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, fleas can walk upside down and stuff. I guess He's that's essentially, true. like, leaning into their upside-down analogy that but why and doesn't know it. Why a flea? Why not yeah. a housefly or a, a spider beetle? Or or a, or, yeah, or a spider. Yeah. Something, uh, a spider would be really good because that would, that would uh, have some intrinsic danger to it, which I guess yeah. Mr. Clark, you know, he doesn't understand why the boys. He thinks they're just asking... For some techno babble for their D and D campaign, yeah, I did love that scene because Mr. Car- Clark is like uh, he's like an OG Dungeons and Dragons guy. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, he was back at you know MIT or something on on early versions of the internet, you know, trading around first edition Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. I like the connections that these kids have to kind of the truth here, mm-hmm. which you know. It, it, Mr. whatever his name is, the science teacher, doesn't realize that he's giving them key information right. that they need to crack this case, but he is. Um, and then they have L and, and all their their connections. I, I don't know. There, there's something something about it that's more than the sum of its parts. Yeah, I mean, the, it's like sometimes I wonder, like, should it bother me that, like, this is all just so? Like, yeah. the boys come and, like, oh, yeah, it's upside down. It's the nether realm. And he's like, oh, well, if it was this, then it would be this. And we'd have this kind of enhanced gravity or magnetic signature. And you're like, compasses. And it would just 
<laughs> because, you know... It's just believable enough, though. It is believable enough, but on the other hand, I think a lot of people noticed their fucking compasses weren't working. Yeah, pilots. Pi- yeah, pilots, like, you know, <laughs> like... It, like Back in the day, it wasn't uncommon to have, like, a compass mounted in your car or, yeah. you know, Before GPS. Any, any Boy Scout troops or I just feel like uh, there would it, it would have been noticed. But, you know, it's a, it's a fiction show. What are you going to do? Maybe it has been noticed and they've all gone to the upside down and never came back. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone asked questions the lab. They, they're monitoring the phone lines. It was like, what if the... the 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 my compass gets around Merkwood or whatever the hell its real name is and it stops working they just go and nab him I mean people yeah. are disappearing like flies yeah they're, they're, they're disappearing like flies here in Hawkins <laughs> like Some fleas hunters like like flying fleas their 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 hunters are disappearing um, I liked I liked the scene where Hopper breaks into Hawkins lab and he like combination ninja mm-hmm. bullshit artist and pugilist gets in. The old sneakeroo. And then yeah. I think it tells something interesting about his character and how all in it is when he gets to this big, scary biohazard thing that's, like, all zipped up. He, like, briefly, like, I don't have a biohazard suit. Fuck it. Do I want to <laughs> live forever drinking Jim Beam and, and smoking <laughs> Pow Mouths and staring off in the middle distance? Fuck no. And he just barrels right through it. Yeah. But uh, then the thing that really bothered me most about his actions there uh, is leaving the door open. He doesn't mm. seal it behind him. I feel like that's a real dick move. The thing is, is like, is he going to be infected with something? Because I those guys are real serious about doing the hazmat stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he went in there, and he's coughing, and it's remi- it reminded me a lot of the spore parts of like The Last of Us, where right. you, you got to have a breath mask, or you're going to start sprouting things out of your eye holes <laughs> and your ear holes, man. You're yeah, start clicking. I, I mean, that's definitely a question that I think they want you to be asking, you know? Um, otherwise, they don't put this containment area in effect. Yeah. Um, and then when he's also... I think we joked, I don't know if it was off-air or on-air, but we joked about doing a, a super cut of all the wills. Hopper would fill, oh, like, right. you know, two minutes of, of will montage just with his performance. Like, he was just screaming will all the time at the uh, at the <laughs> lab here. He was. You can, I mean, several people just shouting Nancy, shouting Jonathan. There's names all over the place. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I've got some other supercuts I have in mind. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We'll maybe get to those. Okay. Uh, I'll maybe get around to actually cutting one together. I also liked how they introduced Lonnie getting back with Joyce or reconciling with Joyce plot, but didn't let it stretch over an episode. Mm-hmm. Because at no point did I buy... That this guy's turned over a new like I would I remember at the end of last episode I'm like well I guess now that his son is dead then you know even a piece of shit father would probably want to show up to a funeral yeah. and you know do whatever shitty fathers do milk it for sympathy or you know use it as an, as more fuel for their shame cycle or whatever but mm-hmm. I, I I really like how he's trying to smoothly introduce the idea of oh this negligent quarry. <laughs> and then she finds the thing in his pocket that says, like, you know, he's going to, like, sue. And that he's back there for for the money. Yeah. And he wants to put Jonathan through school, but he can't name what school he wants to go to. Uh, I thought that was that, that, that was all pretty well done. Yeah, they really jerked me around this episode with Lonnie because he comes in and he seems like a reasonable dude for the most part. You know, he's wrong. He's wrong about everything because, in fact, Nancy – or, I'm sorry, Joyce is not crazy. Um she she actually did hear Will, and we know it, but 
you know, he seems very reasonable in this situation. And I, I think they were doing that intentionally. They were setting me up yeah. um, for the, the fake out where Lonnie is just a douchebag concerned with getting, like, I, I guess capitalizing on his son's loss. And I, I don't know. So if that's your primary motivation, that's certainly shitty. Mm-hmm. I think if that's, like, a secondary thing where he's concerned about, like, okay, not only have we lost our son, but we need to make these people pay. Um, I, I could see that, but, you know, that seems to be his primary motivation. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't even think it's a, it's up for debate. And yeah. I mean, that would have been interesting to, to, I guess, introduce an ally this late into the second, essentially second act or beginning mm-hmm. of the third act. But I'm kind of glad they didn't. I'm glad they yeah. did. they're sticking to it that he's he's just a shit. Is it? I think it would undermine Jonathan. Um, yeah, if he was calling his dad a douchebag and a shit and all these things, and right. Lonnie turns out to be a stand-up guy, right? So I mean, I I had talked about you know we don't know the situation between Nancy and Lonnie mm-hmm. or shit. Sorry, Joyce and Lonnie mm-hmm. get them confused. Um, and and I had you know speculated or theorized that maybe Lonnie. Like maybe there was something between Joyce and Harper or Joyce and Hopper rather that got, you know, a little too physical and mm-hmm. then Lonnie wasn't necessarily at fault here, but then he left his kids and you know, we were speculating, I guess, who was at fault. It seems like Lonnie is the douchebag here. I mean he's certainly leaning back toward that. A world class manipulation artist where he Yeah. Like as soon as Joyce kind of cottons on to what he's trying to do, he just ramps up the emotional and verbal abuse like mm-hmm. Telling her that she's a shitty mom because she let Will get killed or disappeared when he's not even been around, and yeah, you know it is pretty heinous. It's pretty mm-hmm. heinous. So I'm I'm all too happy to just dismiss this guy. Yep. At this point, I really liked how they, you know, there's a lot of this, uh, which I think is one of the charms of the show, where the boys map their knowledge of science fiction and fantasy onto this scientific process, and I like. You know, and 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 it seems like Dustin is the one that makes those connections. Like, oh, it's like yeah. it's like the veil of shadows, and you know, they like they intuit, and and also Lucas is kind of the skeptic, sure, because this that's this whole he's like you know, the, like like Dustin says this, and him and Mike are like, ah, oh, boo, yeah, and and Lucas is like, boo, nah, because he's not fully on board with with all this, and that tracks through with him. You know, he's always been the one most skeptical of of Eleven. Yeah, he's the one that sees through the, you know, subterfuge that she's trying to employ, mm-hmm. and uh, it makes him, you know, very angry. Yeah, and it, understandably so. Yeah, um, you know, and, and I think it's Lucas's reaction here is not all practical. You know, a lot of this is coming from the emotion. I feel like in his head, L is stealing his best friend from him, Mike. Huh. And I feel like some of that is coming out in in his anger, or that's it's a reaction to that. I mean, for sure, I think it's interesting that you say that though, because I think there's concrete reasons for her to for him to be upset. Like, absolutely, yeah. You know, this is like Elle is being as manipulative as a Lonnie, mm-hmm. and then instead of just leveling with the guys and saying this is dangerous, I can't go along with it, or like she's trying to. Yeah, I, I get it. She has no social graces, but she's trying to control and manipulate and, and f- her friend's behavior through manipulation. Sure. Yeah. Like instead of just telling them I can't help you or whatever, she's she's actively trying to thwart it. And I get it. She knows a lot more about the situation and danger, which we got a lot more of her backstory when you know her dad wants 
want it's becoming increasingly clear that what's happened here is that they were running some kind of cia mk ultra program to do remote viewing of like russian targets and intelligence targets and l uses the what they're calling the upside down to kind of navigate across that space and time Mm -hmm. and they've made a connection they've attracted attention of these other entities uh, who now know about our world and are trying to get over there for reasons unknown. Yeah. Uh, and the way they told that, I thought, um, the visual of her in that inky black chamber cut like with ankle-deep water was really cool. Mm-hmm. And with the Russian guy, like there's like a one shot where she's like like c- centered in the room, uh, and she's very tiny. And it's just this, like, complete blackness with no, like, reflections of water. It's just very visually striking. Um, it's also – the other thing I wondered about is, like, is that the upside down? Because if so, it looked very sterile and clean. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering if the idea is that these are actually some – from a dimension outside that, and they detect this activity, and they've kind of invaded in this bridge dimension that's eventually going to lead to Earth. Hmm. Because else, why? That's possible. You know, why would uh, why would the upside down Russia mm-hmm. <laughs> look like a an empty swimming pool in, a, in in outer space, and upside down Hawkins looks like it's been colonized by snot monsters? <laughs> right. I don't know. There, there's something clearly growing throughout this season, right? Mm. Like the the connections between our world and the upside down are growing. Yeah. Um, there's more than one portal now. We found that. Right. Yeah. There's that portal in the tree. Um, Which I, that must I think have been we caused there's... by the creature once it escaped the lab to get back into its. Yeah. Like, like, that makes sense. Uh, that's, that's what I kind of gathered anyway. Yeah. It makes me wonder what's happening in the shed outside the buyer's house at the moment. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while since we've been in there. Yeah. Maybe check on that. Um, but yeah, there, there's definitely something is growing and I don't know, like, if it spawned from the upside down or like you said, came from even another dimension yeah. into the upside down and is slowly corrupting that. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you wonder if you're, when you're watching this, like how much trouble is Sheriff Hopper in? If we've seen like them colonizes inert matter yeah, and like these trees, like he's been <laughs> inhaling these spores, like what, you know, I'm, I'm looking for, I'm looking for uh, stuff shooting out of his orifices next episode. <laughs> Uh, the other explanation for it being kind of like sterile is maybe that's because Elle didn't actually go into the Upside Down. She astrally projected herself into that dimension. Yeah, we still don't know Because she was physically exactly. still in the tank. It wasn't like yeah. Nancy where she crawled through or like that soldier to push through the boundary. Right. Um, so that's the other explanation. But I, I like the I, – I really did – I really did like the visuals of it. Yeah. Um, I'm also wondering if they're – in this show are even other dimensions. You know, he he talks about these parallel dimensions. The mini worlds hypothesis. Right. But the only one I think we ever see, and his analogy kind of betrays this too with the the flea, right? The flea only ever has access, I think, to one of those dimensions. Well, I guess it can walk on the side or the bottom. Yeah. Or in his analogy. Wasn't there also like a parallel cable that like the flea could jump to? Wasn't oh, that because I thought he drew I'd... two lines, and here's like, and he's like, yeah, he can go forward or backwards, or he can go under on the other side, or I don't, I don't know. know. Because that's the other thing is like that's not a great illustration to then explain. Like, 
that explanation, like we took the pie plate, or not the pie plate, the paper plate, and you punched a hole through it. That's like yeah. the go-to explanation for how a wormhole works. Yep. But I didn't feel like it was a very good illustration for how the upside down works. Yeah, he describes it as tearing a hole in space. Because if you do that, like you're going from one side of the upside, right side up, yeah, to another place on the right side up. It doesn't explain how you would get to the upside down. Yeah. And the show just hopes you don't notice any of that. <laughs> I mean, it's as <laughs> close as he D- can this, come. This D&D logic just maps one-to-one into the scientific world and, you know, just, yeah. just whistle right past that audience graveyard. I'll blame him for his mustache, but I can't blame him for the <laughs> poor translation of physics here to this fantasy. Right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, where do you think they were – they had this this little segue scene or this flashback scene where Will and Joyce were – you know, he was, I guess, getting – they had stopped playing D&D and he's starting to play – maybe this is like right after their dad left him and he's starting to get back in the D&D with his friends and he's got Will the Wise coming out and he's drawing these fireballs and he says that, you know, sometimes – where what did that scene mean? Was that just a little texture for their relationship or are they trying to get somewhere with – you know, not being able to think yourself out of every situation, needing firepower. I, there's just, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it's um, great just as a character building scene, but it felt like maybe something more. Yeah, it felt a little disconnected from this particular episode. I'm, I'm hoping that that's building to something bigger that we'll understand in the next three episodes. Uh, but I think, I don't know. I mean, we've asked the question, you know, how has Will managed to survive so long in the Upside Down right. when the Demogorgon is stalking him? Well, I mean, he's the, he's the wise, right? He mm. might he might be smart, but maybe the Demogorgon is smarter. Mm. Um, and maybe they're trying to convey that, that the Demogorgon is also That's a good very point. intelligent. That's a good point. And that, they're, that he can't defeat the Demogorgon. Best right. he can do is run from it. But maybe they need a weapon that can. Like, oh, I don't know, L. Oh, yeah. L seems pretty powerful. But... Who knows? I mean, she ran from the Demogorgon as well. Right. When she was talking to the Russian guy. So I don't know what the extent of her powers are in that world. Um, and I don't know if she could defeat it. Why do you think Jonathan is adamant about keeping... He's got this conversation with Nancy where she's like, well, maybe you should tell your mom that she's not crazy. And he's like, no, I'll do, I'll tell her after the monster's dead. Why doesn't he just tell his mom? Like they left the, the you know they they left hmm. at the at a pretty bad place, yeah. Where he says that I guess I'll just take everything on my shoulders and plan my little brother's funeral and blah blah blah. And now since they've last talked, he in fact he tried. I guess it's it's Lonnie, isn't it? That's the thing because he he went back and tried to have that conversation with his mom and Lonnie interfered with it. Yeah. So he he thinks that she has in a moment of weakness gone back to this person and he sees through all the bullshit. Right. He's not sure what the he's not sure what the scam is, but he knows there's a scam. I guess that that that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's a damn shame though. Yeah. I do like this um this idea that you know, we we've, we've seen the the upside down interfering with like electronic devices and stuff. Um 
I don't think we ever really understood that it could interfere with the magnetic field uh, and that the compasses might be the very thing that points them in that direction. I know we yeah. talked about this briefly, but I thought that was a nice a nice touch, that they would have some physical way to track this thing down. And something that kids that's accessible to a kid. would readily yeah. have, because I had tons of compasses when I was a kid. Right, they come out of Cracker Jack boxes they every other certainly, day. They certainly do. So, like, yeah. I, that, you're right. It's um, I don't begrudge them that explanation because it was a nice gateway to, yes, this is still a child-scale problem. Yeah. Like, once they find a demigorgon, what are they going to do? But for right now, <laughs> they are able to, as a band of children, believably execute this this uh, quest of theirs. Right. I, I I like that you put it that way because it's most certainly not a child-scale problem, but they're portraying it as one, right? And, right. And it feels right. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like these kids are way out of their depth. Right. And they're not being whiny, stupid kids. They're, like, right. pretty smartly and soberly dealing with these problems and, and figuring out what's going on and, and having – like, it's funny because a lot of shows like this rely on the characters not talking and, mm-hmm. like, not telling their true feelings. And this, sh- this show, like, the characters pretty much play everything, all their cards face up on the table because they're a group of friends that, lo- that, that love and trust each other. Yeah. And guess you can still generate conflict within a group with everyone talking about their true intentions all the time. Yeah, except where the natural divides are, you know, between parents and I mean, children. Like Elle's those not things. Elle's the outsider group, and she's not sharing. But that makes sense, right? Right. It wouldn't make sense for Lucas to, you know, go along with stuff without misgivings or. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you, and I like when they do, you know, when they kind of talk about the upside down and they connect it to the veil of shadows, and they're talking about this portal. And uh, Hopper is actually at that portal. I like like how they're connecting, like, this theoretical thing that the kids are talking about and this very real thing that Hopper is going to. Yeah, the like, Dustin's voiceover is describing the the veil of shadows as he's walking through this place was was a very nice, very nice touch. Uh, What do you... I thought Hot Hopper was like increasingly deranged in this episode, like when he wakes up, because <laughs> it's like obviously the the Hawkins Laboratory folks want him to wake up and think, "Oh, it's all been a dream." Yeah, stupid. And like it's, he like literally is like fuck that from from second one of regaining consciousness. He tears a powder, finds finds the 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 bug his deputies come to tell him that they've oh it turns out barb just ran away the stadies found her car at the train station which is the most menacing thing they could probably tell him with a straight face and he's like oh that's that's fucking crazy um it's it's weird because i'm wondering like i don't feel like sheriff hopper is going to make it out of this season unscathed like it feels like this if if there's a resolution i'm i'm wondering if the resolution is not going to be he is going to be completely out of a job because they're showing his min- mm-hmm. like this is a one man quest of his versus shadowy forces in the federal or in the federal government um they're all high level national security and intelligence type people and his own men think that he's acting nutty and they're like he's spending too much time with that crazy joyce yeah doesn't seem like it's going to end well for him. I mean, what what possible outcome, you're right, does this have for Hopper with the powers that be? You know, like, I don't mean the nefarious ones. I mean the the authority of the police and whatnot. Like, him going off and doing this crazy thing. Let's, let's say, 
I, I mean, I guess short of bringing Will back or taking a camera in and it, like documenting this upside down thing, uh, I don't know how he explains to anyone the quest he's been on. Ah, uh, yeah. Good luck. I mean, that's the other theme is like all these people that are like on in the know or that are quote unquote woke. Their constant theme is, what do we got to do? We have no one to trust but ourselves because no one will believe us. Yeah. And we'll make ourselves a target if we start talking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was pretty cool. What did you think about the conversation that Hopper has with his ex-wife? Like, hmm. why? Yeah. You know, they still haven't come right out. I mean, I guess they have. Like, the, that they had a daughter that died. Yeah. And that, like, it happens many times, broke their relationship. But he clearly loves her. She's clearly moved on. He has mm-hmm. clearly not been able to move on. Uh, he calls her because... Which, it it kind of makes me think that maybe the problem was more on his end. Maybe he couldn't let it go. Maybe it was very much like a will thing. Mm-hmm. And he went down some sort of rabbit hole yeah, it could um, be. on his own. Because she's got another kid, right? Like, she's married right. to this Bill guy. She's got another kid. She seems to have moved on with her life. But that could be, like, Hopper she just not. got tired of showing up to see the guy's face that's the father of the child that's dead now. Like, it's a constant reminder. It's like... Well, I'm I'm kind of going on assuming a parallel between his ex and Joyce in this case. Like, oh. the show is trying to say that this is how someone in this situation reacts. Uh-huh. Um, and I know it's not going to be the same for everyone, but in terms of the show... Right. Uh, you know, Joyce yells, look, I'm going to leave these lights up until the day I fucking die if I think Will is out there. Yeah. Um, I don't see that behavior, I guess, from <laughs> from his ex. Uh, but I very much thought he called her because he thought he was on a suicide mission. And this was just the finality of the relationship. Is he on a suicide mission? I feel like he thought he was. I don't know. Because he went over he to is. Joyce's house. <laughs> yeah, but I think this is just a precursor to something bigger. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to let it drop, right? He knows yeah, that yeah, there's yeah. some crazy thing happening at this lab, right? And he's got to pursue it. He wants to know. He wants his ex-wife to know when the federal goons call. <laughs> yeah, uh, that he has been drinking and acting erratically, and I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's a weird because also like that's kind of putting a target on her back. Yeah, you know, like if they go through and call, and he has this crazy conversation with them, like obviously the Hawkins Lab people are listening to that. So, I think uh, that's maybe why he tries to cover with, "Yeah, I've been drinking." Oh, so he 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 just gives the excuse of. Yeah, he's trying to. I think he was there for a purpose, which was Uh to just say goodbye, essentially, because he thinks the goons are coming for him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then somewhere through that call, he realizes this was not worth it and changes his mind. Uh, I like the Nancy and Jonathan stuff. This is very, you know, we talk about Stephen uh, King being a big, a big part, a big influence on this work, and this instance of like two, two kids talking about their life and seeing this through the prism of the supernatural thing that's happening to them. I thought, I thought was good. Like you know, Nancy opening up to Jonathan about like her mom making the choice to, you know, essentially date and marry this older man who represented stability, but also kind of like boredom Mm -hmm. and a settling for some kind of status quo and comfort. And, um, you know, last, last episode, I was really restless with their relationship as it was, because I felt like they didn't really address Jonathan being a creep. Yeah. 
And what's weird is in this episode, they addressed it more. And I'm like, aha, they're going to have – they're going to finally have it out. But they use this information that Nancy herself gave Jonathan the scene before for Jonathan to essentially emotionally dunk on her. Yeah. No, he scores big time there. Like, well, Brutal. you've got no real explanation for this creepy thing. In fact, the explanation you're giving is kind of even more creepy and entitled to my – you know, like he's – Making all these sweeping judgments about her and her trying to be someone she's not and all this other bullshit. Yeah. And he comes back with like, well, you just want to marry some stupid jock uh, so you can make the same mistake your mom is like, well, this is her first boyfriend, jackass. (laughs) Everyone fucks – like – but I think ninety nine percent of people fuck up that way the first time. Like if you're lucky, you get out of that like – that that relational pattern but yeah for sure but i think that's where he he hits home um is her mom didn't right her mom didn't realize that that's what she was doing yeah and ended up where she is i guess and uh her dad is it does not, feel it does feel like he's getting cool. let off the hook though a little bit you know yeah 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 i mean c- certainly jonathan i don't know what it would take at this point for me to feel like she believed jonathan was not a creep Hmm. Him like, saving her life, like maybe, yeah. If just he can saying, go after her into the upside down, maybe, or him just saying like, "I get it." I, I mean, he—that's the thing. He kind of apologizes, Not being so defensive. but it, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it's hard. He just—he's like, he's like, I'm upset that you're upset. Yeah. Not yeah. that like I realize what a kind of betrayal and invasive thing I did, and I would never do something like that again, and. I objectified you literally in the yeah. truest sense of the word. Like, there's none of this realization. I don't, and it's no. like, I feel like they're also trying to, although they reintroduce Steve, mm-hmm. I, I feel like they're trying to make me feel like that maybe Nancy and Jonathan uh, could possibly couple up, and I'm, I'm not having yeah. it until until they fix this uh, this deal with 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 Jonathan being defensive and and then denial about his his fucking photography bullshit. Yeah. Maybe he needs to take how how would you photographically make it okay? Would he let her take pictures of him through a window? He, he, yeah, <laughs> is that what's gonna happen? Yeah, <laughs> and then hand them out at school, right? Uh, or he needs to I don't know. He needs an American Beauty to take a take a sad photo <laughs> of a video garbage of bag. a garbage bag yeah. floating through the air. <laughs> Except for I don't think they invented plastic bags back in the eighties. They're no? still like I was just all, all brown yeah, brown bagging it back then. Oh shit. I wasn't buying groceries in the eighties. <laughs> um what do you think of Sheriff Hopper uh showing up with the don't say anything sign and then beginning a disturbing and inappropriate shot for shot remake of Love Actually? <laughs> Uh, why, I just why, love the look why Lonnie's on his face. back there. Who's at the doors? Who's <laughs> right. at the door, Joyce? <laughs> yeah, I just love the look on his face when he sees all the lights in her house, and he goes, "Oh shit, this is gonna take forever." You know how long it's gonna take me to unscrew all these fucking light bulbs, Joyce? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. You already got. You, although on the other hand, you already have holes in your walls, so that's one less step I got to take. I don't understand why he doesn't just pull her outside and yeah. go into the woods and talk. Yeah. Like, do you have to talk inside? That's true. Try to bug the woods. It's all whistling wind and crunchy leaves. And demogorgons. And demogorgons. I'm not going to get anything over the gurgling of the demogorgon. Um, I was really. The other thing that this episode surprised me in was how violent Eleven was with Lucas. 
Yeah. Like when Lucas and, and Mike were fighting, she just fucking hurls him like 30 feet with her mind and knocks him knocks him unconscious. Yeah. He's got a he's got a pre-adolescent uh concussion to deal with on top of all the other stuff and he's going through <laughs> in life. Um I thought that was that it, it sh- number one shows us her her powers, uh, but also kind of lets us know that you know Elle's kind of scary thing. Yeah, for sure, and, and, and that she maybe doesn't quite know how to control herself. And it narratively also kind of pumps the brakes because I feel like if these four would unite and be on one same page, like mm-hmm. you know, the Demogorgon is probably going to be fucked unless yeah. it's the type of story that he's just going to you know these kids are all going to disappear and be killed doesn't feel like it's wow. that story like yeah. i just watched it and it feels like the whole time in it all the kids are gonna die and they don't so hmm. I, I feel alert. like steve stephen king I feel like stephen king uh he likes to he likes to he likes to feel like there's a lot of danger but actually putting people in danger especially kids not so much yeah um the other thing i guess i'm not sure about is they find this dead deer. Nancy and John are at nighttime. Uh, Jonathan is holding the gun, even though he's the worst shot. Yeah, it doesn't help that apparently that pistol has no rear sights. But uh, Nancy's a talented, instinctual shooter, and mm-hmm. she should be holding the gun. She should. Uh, but then again, she would probably leave it on the other side of the portal, <laughs> like she did her backpack and and her fucking only other defensive weapon. So so maybe he he should hold it. Um, yeah. But, She's in big trouble at the end of this episode. But the deer, like, it's it doesn't make sense that the deer was like lightly wounded by the demigorgon, and then they show up and they're deciding what to do about it, and then it just, I guess, the demigorgon psychically pulls it into the the woods. Like, uh, hmm. I'm trying to think from the demigorgon's pers- pers- uh, point of view, like how this all goes down. Like the demigorgon, like ah, I mortally wounded the deer. Let me wander off a couple, you know, it's some- somewhere into the forest to like check things out in the opposite direction hmm. from these teens tromping through the woods. And now I'm going to psychically pull the deer to me <laughs> into the port. Like what? You know, now that you say that, I assumed that the demigorgon had attacked the deer to begin with, but. Is it possible that it was actually hit by a car? And it looked had wandered like it had fang marks all over it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, that's what it looked like to me, but... I don't know. I, I didn't get a great so look the, at it. So the Demogorgon's more of an opportunistic scavenger than it is a true killer? It's fundamentally <laughs> yeah. less. It's more of a hyena <laughs> than a lion. Demogorgon's just misunderstood. If, <laughs> yeah. if he just had somebody to talk to here in the real world. Yeah, he, they, he's like uh, he's like an ethical vampire. He refuses to kill, but if there's <laughs> you know a deer hit by a car, sure. He'll, yeah. he'll put it out of its misery and eat it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I'm probably not as brave or foolish, maybe a little bit of both, as Nancy in this mm-hmm. particular situation, because... She calls for Jonathan. Honestly, I'm giving Jonathan more than 10 seconds because... Before I crawl through the creepy-ass slime tree? Right. Looks like... And that's the thing. I don't know if I climbed through the slime tree at all. No, I have a very firm... If if something looks like the tree where Christopher Walken was storing heads in Sleepy Hollow, Uh don't crawl through that tree. I don't care if it's slime mold. I don't care if it's silly string. I don't care if it's He-Man, Hordak, Slime. <laughs> Which bald move rule is that? <laughs> S- 17, why not? 17? Okay. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't crawl through that tree, man. Yeah, I'm uh, with you. It, 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 it kind of made me gag as Nancy's crawling through and that shit's getting all in her hair. And yeah. 
I mean, yeah, she's it's definitely brave, but yeah, also she's maybe braver than I maybe am. wait a minute. And yeah, wait for Jonathan. You call his name and immediately go into the tree. Yeah. The other thing I'm worried about is how are they going to keep the suspense if these demigorgons keep being like toothless? Like if if Nancy crawls through there, no weapons and a flashlight, yeah, and no real street smarts or anything, and manages to elude it, even though the portal shuts behind her, then are the demigorgons even a threat? If an 11-year-old mm, boy and yeah. a 17-year-old girl can give it the business on its home turf, uh-huh. like, what the fuck was with Barb? Yeah, I don't know. It caught her off guard. Like, if Barb wasn't stuck in a bomb that pool, I feel like she gets away and there's three people playing Ring Around the Rosie with the Demogorgon. Yeah, probably. But they got to do, they got to have some way to, like, have Nancy recover from that. Like, like, like if maybe Will, fi- or not Will, if Jonathan finds her and shoots the Demogorgon or something, because, like, otherwise... They're really in danger of making the Demigorgon look out to be some kind of paper tiger. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. The portal closes behind her, so I don't even... Jonathan doesn't even know where she is. No. No one will. And he's not going to know that there was a portal there. The nearest even. portal's in Hawkins' lab. Or yeah. maybe, or maybe over in by Will's, Will's house. shed, yeah. But either way, how is she going to find it and how is she going to elude the Demigorgon? Looks like her flashlight's not working properly in that. Yeah. Plus, she drops it anyway when the Demigorgon... Uh, screams at the demigorgons can't see. They that's that's an established fact, right? Because hmm. she's that playing, she's shining the flashlight all over. It makes no yeah. no notice until she 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 breaks the twig. Yep, it's literally like a clicker from The Last of Us. Okay, because it you know doesn't faces doesn't have eyes, but that doesn't really mean anything. You'd have I don't know light sensing devices spread evenly across its skin. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Life finds a way. <laughs> uh. What else do we want? Is there anything else you need to talk about? That's all I've got. Okay. Well, we will we'll see how they get Nancy out of this jam without defanging the multiple fanged Demigorgon on the next episode. Thanks for listening to our Season 1 coverage of Stranger Things. If you like what you hear and want more, check out our, all of our television, movie, and pop culture content on baldmove.com. If you'd like to help support our podcast and get a ton of bonus content and features, check out club.baldmove.com. We'll also be taking feedback during our upcoming Season 1 wrap-up podcast, so send that in to StrangerThings at BaldMove.com. You can also discuss this with your fellow fans at Forums.BaldMove.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.